Hello, and welcome to Sign Broken, Message Inside. This podcast was recorded live during the Sunday Church service at Grace Lutheran Church in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Podcasts are posted regularly and feature Bible lessons, gospel readings, and related sermons led by Pastor Bruce Gellhorn. For more information on our church community and on worship opportunities, please visit us at www.gracelutheran.ca or on Facebook at Grace Lutheran Church Winnipeg. Now, let's have a listen. Our first lesson this day comes from the book, the New Testament book of the Acts of the Apostles. It is actually a sermon that Peter preaches. It's interesting that Peter, the one who denied Jesus in the courtyard of the high priest, has now found his voice. It's also interesting that when he denied Jesus, it was to someone with no power, no position, a maid in the courtyard. No, I don't know him. Not once, but three times. Today, he's at the home of a Gentile, a centurion. He's a soldier in the Roman army, a centurion. He's in charge of a hundred soldiers. He is in a position of power, and Peter finds his voice. What you will hear read is Peter's 2,000-odd-year-old sermon. What I find interesting is that he begins with these words, God shows no partiality. God shows no partiality to gender, to age, to skin color, to nationality, to different faiths. God shows no partiality. And the question is, as a resurrected people, how do we live that out in our lives? Let us listen to Peter's sermon. A reading from the book of Acts. Peter began to speak to the people. I truly understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. You know the message he sent to the people of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. The message spread throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John announced, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with, and with power, how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. We are witnesses to all that he did both in Judea and Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day and allowed him to to appear, not to all the people, but to us who were chosen by God as witnesses who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one ordained by God God as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him, that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. 
Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God. Our second reading this day is from Paul's first letter to the Christians in Corinth. You know, for 2,000 years, human beings have been trying to prove the resurrection. Now, if we could prove that Christ was raised from the dead, it would take it out of the realm of belief and faith and put it into the realm of a knowledge, of a fact. The reality is we cannot prove the resurrection. What you will hear Paul write of to the Corinthians is what has given evidence of the resurrection for him. And as you sit here on this day and ponder, I would raise for you two thoughts. Who are those people you've journeyed with in life that have given evidence of the resurrected Christ in their life for you? And who are those people that have journeyed with you in your life where you have been an image of the resurrected Christ for them? Let us listen. A reading from 1 Corinthians. Now I would remind you, brothers and sisters, of the good news that I proclaimed to you, which you in turn received, in which also you stand, through which also you are being saved. If you hold firmly to the message that I proclaim to you, unless you have come to believe in vain. For I hand it on to you as the first importance, what, in I, what I in turn have, had received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried and he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unfit to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am am what I am, and his grace toward me has not been in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we proclaimed, and so you have come to believe. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to the 16th chapter of St. Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, brought spices so they could embalm Jesus. Very early, on Sunday morning, as the sun rose, they went to the tomb. They worried out loud to each other, Who will roll back the stone from the tomb for us? Then they looked up and saw that it had been rolled back. It was a huge stone, and they walked right in. They saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed all in white, and they were completely taken aback and astonished. 
And he said, Don't be afraid. I know you're looking for Jesus the Nazarene, the one they nailed on the cross. He's been raised up. He's no longer here. You can see for yourselves that the place is empty. Now go on your way and tell his disciples and Peter that he is going on ahead of you to Galilee. You'll see him there exactly as he said. And they got out as fast as they could beside themselves, their heads swimming. Stunned, they said nothing to anyone. The Gospel of our Lord. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We know the story well. It's very simple. Jesus came. Jesus died. Jesus was brought back to life. Now I'll sit down and sermon's over. (laughs) On Good Friday, we gathered at St. Stephen's Anglican. And I talked about how often in life we say there's two sides to a story. And some people even say there's three sides. One side and the other side and the truth which lies somewhere in the middle. And I say to you today, the truth is, the reality is, it all depends who tells the story. When we look at the text from Good Friday and the three days, Monday, Thursday through to today, are one and the same. It's the tridium. It all runs together. Could you imagine if Peter told the story? No doubt, in Peter's telling of the story, we would hear an element of, Jesus knew, Jesus knew I was going to betray him. And we'd hear an element of being unworthy. Because he runs away and hides. Or if the high priest, Caiaphas's servant, Malchus, who was in the garden that night, had his ear lopped off by Peter, And Jesus takes it back up and puts his ear back on. He may tell the story we would think about hearing, but maybe his story would be about blindness. Of how in his role as servant to the high priest, a lot of times he had to turn a blind eye to what was going on, even though he knew it was wrong. Or Pilate, to protect his cushy job, Because Caiaphas has said, if you don't crucify him, we're going to go tell Caesar, because he's no friend of Caesar's. And so Pilate, to protect his cushy job, has Jesus crucified, and then he kind of sticks it back at the Pharisees and the scribes and the people by putting a sign, the king of the Jews, and they come, don't put that sign there, say he said he was king of the Jews. And Pilate says, ah, what I've written, I've written kind of sticking it to them. You know, it all depends who tells the story. And our stories, too, strangely intersect, do they not? Times where we feel like Peter, unworthy, where like Malchus, we're blind, turn a blind eye to the right thing. Like Pilate, we kind of, 
are happy when we can stick it to that other group of people. Or Judas. Judas, like the texts tell us time and time again, you know, how he loved money. There's those times we're like Judas, right? Or would Judas's own telling of the story say how he loved money? Or might Judas's telling of this story talk about how he was raised from a small boy up to believe that the Messiah would be a military leader who would overthrow the oppressive Roman government and set them up as a new leaders, and how maybe, just maybe, he thought he was the hand of God. Maybe he thought he was forcing Jesus to be and do what the people thought he was going to be and do. That he was forcing Jesus' hand to rise up against these Romans. And then, when it spun out so, so badly... He tries to give the money back. And when that doesn't work, he is so distraught with the way things have turned out, he takes his own life. You know, those are our stories too, where sometimes you try to do the right thing and then it turns sideways on you. Or Caiaphas, the high priest making Pilate squirm by saying, yeah, we're going to tell Caesar on you. And then watching Pilate twist and turn every which way to try to get out of crucifying Jesus, but in the end he has to crucify him. And maybe there was those times too where we enjoy making people on the other side of the table from us squirm. But emblazoned across our head are not those stories, even though we find our lives interweaving with the fabric of these stories, many stories telling the story. But emblazed across their foreheads and ours are the words that Jesus spoke from the cross. Father, forgive them. Forgiven. Forgiven those times we loved money. Forgiven those times we felt unworthy. Forgiven for those times we are blind, turned a blind eye to the right thing. Forgiven when we are protecting our job or our role. And then the story that is told by Jesus to the thief on the cross. The thief, when he makes a simple faith statement, Lord, remember me. And the story told by Jesus is, today you will be with me in paradise. But the story goes on. The story goes on because it's not over. The Good Friday story is not the end. We hear the story from the women today, from Mary Magdalene. From Mary, the mother of James and Joseph, and from Salome. Three of the four women who were there at the foot of the cross, the other woman, of course, being Jesus' mother. Three of the women there at the foot of the cross. And they tell the story today. Their story, no doubt, would carry words of how they were waiting and waiting and anticipating the Sabbath to be over because they wanted to go and give Jesus a proper 
burial. Tradition has it that Mary Magdalene was a prostitute. She's called Mary Magdalene because she was of the city of Magdala. Okay? Now, Magdala was notorious for prostitution, for gambling, for wildlife. You know, they probably said in those days what happens in Magdala stays in Magdala. That is where she was from. And no doubt her story would tell of how people used her or abused her. But when Jesus came, he wanted nothing from her. He healed her. And he didn't want anything from her that the normal run of the person in Magdala wanted other than to follow him. No doubt her story would contain some of those elements and of how she followed him. Like the other disciples all those years and of how she was there at the foot of the cross. Jesus Christ Superstar. Any of you know Mary's song? Here we go. I don't know how to love him. You remember this song, right? I don't know how to love him. But yes, she did. She was there at the foot of the cross. And she wanted to make sure that his body had a proper burial. So he along, she, along with the other women, got all the spices that they needed and they waited and they waited till the Sabbath because they weren't allowed to work on the Sabbath till it was over. And at the crack of dawn, not after breakfast, not after the morning coffee, at the crack of dawn, they were there because they loved Jesus. They loved Jesus. And when they got there, The tomb was empty, other than the man dressed in white, who we presume was an angel. I think Mary's story would carry those elements of being forgiven, Jesus not wanting anything in return, and how she strove to follow him and to love him. But over and interwoven through all this, we also have God's story. God's story begins in Genesis and runs through to Revelation. God's story, when we hear about how God created, God, it says about the man, the man was lonely, but really it's about God. God was lonely. And God wanted to be in relationship with people, you and me. God wants to be in relationship with us. And if you read scriptures of the Old Testament, it goes back and forth like a ping-pong ball. The people fall away, something happens, they come back. They fall away, something happens, they come back. Because God desires to be in relationship with the people. If God were to tell this story, that is what we would hear. We would hear 
that God loved us so much. God desired to be in relationship with us so much that God gave his son, the savior of the world. We've heard many stories today, right? It all depends who tells the story. So, what's your story? How do you live out the story of the resurrected Jesus in your life? Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sign Broken, Message Inside. If you are enjoying our podcasts, we welcome you to worship with us in person. Check out our website at www.gracelutheran.ca to find out more about our church community and how we can be of service to you. Go in peace and serve the Lord.